0: Caution. The contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on The Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa,
1: and I'm Allison.
0: As we promised in our last episode of Haydn's Biography, we're now going to take some time to explore several examples of Haydn's music. We'll start off this week with the String Quartet in G major.
1: Haydn wrote this piece along with five other string quartets around the same time period. They were all completed around the time of seventeen eighty eight. Now, during this period, Haydn was in the employ of Nicholas Esterhazy, and most of his writing was still exclusively for use at court. However, at this time, Haydn sent his works away to Paris and Vienna under the care of a certain Johann Tost, and to make it more official, Haydn apparently dedicated the whole set of quartets and also two symphonies to Tost.
0: Before leaving Paris to pursue a solo career, Tost had been the leader of the second violins in the Esterházy court. However, he was successful in selling Haydn's work to the publisher Zeber in Paris, and later to Arteria in Vienna. Though he didn't know it at the time, Tost was actually quite good at business, or at least in the marketing. Haydn had provided Tost with a total of six quartets, which were published as parts of two different opuses, 54 and 55. It is a bit unclear if all the quartets were truly finished at the same time, and Tost decided to split them to essentially create two different products to sell, or if they truly were written in succession. But regardless, both opuses sold well, and Haydn enjoyed the extra earnings.
1: The G Major Quartet that we'll be looking at today is a fabulous example of Haydn's signature light and cheeky style. There are many jokes that Haydn includes throughout the music, and it doesn't really take itself too seriously. So let's begin with the first movement. This movement of course starts out in G major with a happy melody in the first violin. of course, since we're dealing with the classical era here, this movement is in sonata form, which means we have a second theme as well, also in G major.
2: The development
0: section is signaled very clearly with a key change, from G major to G minor. This is achieved by simply playing the same notes, but changing the accidentals from having F-sharp in G major, to B-flat and E-flat in G minor. This is a very slick transition. It's fairly common for a development section to start on the fifth of a home key, which in this case would be D major. But Haydn being the musical experimentalist he was gave us this little surprise. It's the same notes, but it makes your brain stop and think because of the tonal change.
1: This minor moment doesn't last long, though. Just a few bars away, Haydn has taken us to an entirely new key of E flat major, which is the 6th of G minor. He does this in the matter of a few beats right here. The first violin has landed on D, which is the 5th of G minor. There's then, on beat 3 of that same measure, a little downward action with C-sharp, which is also expected in D-major. But then, on beat 4, Haydn has the violin play D-B-flat-C-natural-D, and the downbeat of the next measure actually ends on E-flat. This quick play with chromaticism smooths out the somewhat abrupt transition into the new key.
0: The second theme already included a bit of chromatic moving notes, which makes it easy for Haydn to utilize this in the development. Here, for example, we have the second theme walking along in the key of E major, but modulates through C major playing the theme again. We then get some dueling strings with cascading 16th notes, from the first violin to the three lower voices. And this eventually modulates us back to G major, our home key, and our recapitulation of the first theme.
1: Then have a little coda section where the 16th note action really revs up. Haydn does some nice sonic writing here with the outer voices of the first violin and cello moving in opposite directions with the 16th note scale than the inner voices of the second violin and viola. The ending of this movement is a bit subdued rather than spectacular, Which is fine, because it's just the first movement and there's still a lot of music left here. So the phrases of the first theme have of course been ending with the little 16th note flourishes in the first violin. However, at the end, Haydn has the first violin and cello playing short chords with the inner voices of the second violin and viola taking charge of that final 16th note run.
0: Now, let's move onward to the second movement. This begins not in G major, but C major, the fourth of G, which is very common. It still sounds harmonically, like it belongs, but it's not so repetitive to the ear. The first theme in this second movement highlights the first violin, almost as though it were a whole solo piece. The other three instruments in the background
1: just have quiet eighth notes. This is a bit of a silly theme, even though from first listen it might sound like a more serious movement due to the tempo and the steady eighth notes in the background. This is probably just one of Haydn's jokes. The first measure of the theme consists of a single downbeat from the first violin with the underlying 8th note pulses continuing on. And this is followed by what appears to be the actual start of the theme, with a 5 to 1 jump, followed by a cute little 8th note line that ends on D, the second of the key, which then seems to be setting up some sequencing. Now, the fourth measure of this four-bar phrase is a little 16th-note ditty that also centers around D, and this is really no standard cadence. It leaves us hanging in an almost uncomfortable way, as though the first violin started playing too late and now has to catch up. Again, seemingly a joke on Haydn's part.
0: In the next phrase, we've actually gotten the sequencing that had been set up, now going from focusing on D, the second, to E, the third, and the first violin actually starts the eighth note melody on the downbeat of the first measure where it's supposed to be. We then get a slightly better cadence at the end of this phrase, ending on the fifth, however we had been focusing on this fifth chord for both the third and fourth measures of this phrase, so there's no real chord progression. All in all, it just sounds a little silly when you actually stop to think about it, and it defies your normal expectations of what a phrase in a classical era piece should be. What is genius about how this, however, is if you don't care to listen deeper into the music for this joke, it still sounds harmonically pleasant and could pass as normal.
1: In contrast to the soloistic violin of the first theme, our second theme doesn't really include the first violin at all. Rather, it is actually slowly building a chord as each instrument takes a staggered entrance. We start with the viola, move down to the cello, and end with the second violin. The first violin finally only joins in the background with eighth notes that lay out the harmony rather than actually getting to play the melody.
0: However, once we get to the development section of this movement, the instruments seem to be working on an even playing field. There is more conversation between the instruments, with the second violins, viola and cello, playing a question statement and the first violin answering. Then we also get the first and second violin working in tandem, playing the same rhythm either a fifth or a third apart. This second movement is in generally ABA form, so we end with material we heard before, with a fun little cola tacked onto the end that actually gives off a fairly tame and standard feel compared to the jovial nature of the rest of the writing.
1: And with that, we're moving on to the third movement now. For the third movement, Haydn again plays around with our expectations of what a phrase is. Though this is meant to be a minuet, which should have nice, even four-bar phrases, Haydn has actually written a melody with five-bar phrases. Listen here as the music lasts just a little bit longer than you think maybe it should. (laughs)
0: In contrast, the trio section of this minuet and trio is written in classic four-bar phrases. Also notable in the trio is the first violin being completely out of the picture for the first several phrases. We have what is essentially a trio playing in the trio. Get it? (laughs) And to make it even more fun, the cello gets a strong spotlight with the most virtuosic running eighth-note passages it's seen yet in the entire work. When the first violin finally gets to enter again, it's just in small little replying eighth notes to the cello's grandiose lines. ¶¶
1: final movement is in rondo form, meaning there will be a melody that is brought back throughout the work between other little secondary melodic expeditions. Here's what our G major rondo theme sounds like, starting with some pickup notes in the first violin. He uses 16th notes to decorate this melody, though not exactly a musical joke, it does add a jovial quality to the music.
0: For our first new section, Haydn actually changes the key signature from G major to G minor instead of just writing the accidentals, like he did in the first movement. This is a clear differentiation of the sections. However, G minor is not the key we end on. Rather, we modulate through the use of 16th note scales to B flat major. It's so convenient that they have the same key signature.
1: After a brief reiteration of the original rondo theme, Haydn then takes us down a darker path by actually playing the rondo in a minor key but it starts on the same B natural pickup notes that the original theme did. So since we know we're not using B flats, we know that Haydn isn't playing this back in G minor. In fact, he's actually changed the tonic and is playing in B minor, which is just around the circle of fifths from G with two sharps instead of one.
0: To get us back into the original rondo, Haydn plays the eighth note pickups again, but seem a little lost. The instruments just can't seem to get started, until finally we fall back into the groove. As we round out to the end of the piece, the writing really amps up in intensity. Instead of just the first violin playing 16th note decorations, we have the violin and viola playing wonderful continuous notes, followed by the whole quartet joining in on the 16th note fun.
1: Then the second violin gets put in charge of the melody while the first violin fiddles off into the stratosphere with 16th note runs. finally get to the end of the piece with one of Haydn's favorite jokes, the quote, end as beginning. So he actually ends with those exact same pickup notes that we've been dealing with throughout this movement, but since it's the end, they don't go anywhere.
0: I always really like listening to Haydn's works because he does have so much sparkle and humor that comes out. Uh, and if you want to hear more classic Haydn humor, he actually has an entire string quartet, Opus 33, that's entitled Joke and has many false endings and other sort of musical pranks that he plays on the listener, um, which is quite fun to listen to. So I'd highly recommend that you check that out.
1: And remember to tune into our next episode where we are going to be doing even more Haydn.
0: That's no joke. And if you enjoyed what you heard in this podcast, do consider leaving us a review on your platform of choice or follow on Spotify. And sharing us with a like-minded friend or colleague, maybe one who appreciates the funner side of classical music this time funner funner <laughs> more funner the funnerest side of classical music for the coffeehouse classical music podcast i'm asa
1: and i'm allison thank you so much for listening the String Quartet in G major, opus 54, number 1, was performed by the Musicians from Marlboro String Quartet. You can find the Coffee House on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassicalgmail.com. At <laughs>